Hi everyone, you're listening to Remember the Magic. Wow, what a year it's been. 2020 certainly has been one of those bizarre years, hasn't it? So uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast through iTunes or Spotify, uh, you won't know that we have a YouTube channel called uh, Max the Magic. And essentially we do reviews of the theme parks, of the resorts, and we go in there and video it all and upload it onto YouTube. If you want to check out that channel, it's youtube.com forward slash Max the Magic. But what we thought might be nice, given uh, everything that's going on in the world and how everything's changing, it might be nice to sit down with some guests and just chat about uh, Disney and remembering our earliest childhood memories of Disney and how it has gone on from there and how it's affected our lives. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Today we're going to be chatting with a good friend of mine. On the on our YouTube channel, you don't really get to see much about us, my wife and I, um, just because of the very nature of the channel. But uh, you'll get to, know, get to know me a little bit, certainly, uh, as the podcasts go on. And on today's episode, I thought it might be nice to invite a good friend of mine who I've known for a little over a year now, and uh, we actually work together, and you'll hear more about that as the podcast goes on. His name is Justin, and we talk about how uh, Disney has affected his life uh, and various bits and pieces surrounding that, his memories of Disney when growing up and how that's transitioned to working for Disney and all that sort of great stuff. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's uh, let's remember the magic with Justin. Hi Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Nick. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. It's been a it's been a minute since I've seen you. I know. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about what you're what you're uh, going after here. Well, it's good to see you. So, um, the the podcast is called Remember the Magic. So essentially, what we are doing is talking, amongst other things, but also people's memories of Disney. So, um, talk to a little bit about us. Or a little bit about me. I have, we have a, um, or me and my wife, I should say, have a YouTube channel called Max the Magic. And uh, if anybody hasn't seen that, if you're listening to this podcast on uh, Spotify or iTunes or Google, uh, it is also on our YouTube channel, along with reviews and um, of Disney and that that kind of thing. And that can be found at youtube.com forward slash Max the Magic. Um, but this for this podcast series. Um, we're going to talk about people's experiences and memories of Disney and kind of go from there. So what's your earliest memories of Disney? Yeah, I have been very lucky to have called Disney a vacation destination for virtually my entire life. My mom was brought up on Disney. She came here. She visited Walt Disney World in 1971 when it first opened, back when it was Magic Kingdom, Fort Wilderness Campground, the Contemporary, and the Polynesian. And it's hard for me to just fathom that that was the only place that people could go to. Right. But growing up, you know, I was the traditional Disney kid. We owned 
every VHS tape that you could get, uh, every toy that you could get. But my early memories, honestly, really the things that sticks with me are visiting Walt Disney World. Um, my mom will still to this day say that when I was little, my favorite ride was the bus. Because to me, it offered this weird gateway to the happy place that I even, I understood that as a child. When you would, the bus would stop at your hotel, I would walk up the stairs, I would pick out the best seat that the bus had to offer. <laughs> Usually I thought it was cool to sit in the ones that face backwards. Oh yeah. But I just remember that this bus was this unique vessel that was taking me to this place that I had no idea was in Central Florida. Now how and old were you just, the first time you started going to Disney? I dare say I was probably... Six or seven-ish. Okay. And honestly, probably until about 2006, we came every summer. So right. I, I love this place. Could tell you where all the rides are um, long before I ever knew uh, or thought about making this a career. But visiting at a young age, a few things that stick out. I learned to ride a bike here. Um, my, uh, my two sisters, we just have the happiest memories of swimming in the swimming pools. We always stayed on Disney property at Caribbean Beach Resort. Right. So whenever I drive past that in my car, I look over and I'll say to my fiance, oh, I learned to ride a bike there. And she'll go, no, I know. You've told me 8,000 times. I but love Caribbean Beach. We've just best. We just did about two weeks ago, I think it is. Mm -hmm. well, you can find it on the channel. We did a review of Caribbean Beach. And it's the theming there is amazing. It's just... It's, it's one of those places, and Walt Disney World does such a great job of of taking you out of the real world. Right. But to me, that resort and probably Animal Kingdom Lodge, they it, maybe it's all the foliage that's around. It really transports you to a different land, a different country. Um, but growing up here, or growing up visiting here, it was just the happiest of times. I had no idea that in the future one day I might make a career out of it like, I, like I'm doing now. Uh, I really didn't understand the, the magnitude and the history uh, of the place that I was visiting. But for me growing up, uh, it was just nothing but fun. We, we came every year uh, on our summer break. We always went to the same resort. We always ate at the exact two restaurants. All of our meals were chicken tenders and fries, <laughs> uh, which I still eat mostly today. But growing up, we always ate the Ohana character breakfast right. at the Polynesian Resort. Um, and then we also always ate at the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. I love that place. It's, it is, that it's my favorite era in U.S. history. I love the cars. I love the music. I love the clothes. A burger and a milkshake and a Coke is just my happy place. You're a happy chappy. That's all, all I need, man. <laughs> that is America at its finest, and I love it. Well, we're going to talk uh, in a little bit about how we know each other. Because I don't share much, we don't. Sh me and my wife don't share much um, about us personally on our um, YouTube channel when we're doing our review videos because it's just not really pertinent. It's not really part of it. So I'm going to talk a little bit with you about that. But one thing, correct me if I'm wrong. One thing that differs from my experience um, coming to Walt Disney World growing up is until the early 90s when my family purchased into DVC we never stayed on property oh, we didn't no. we didn't stay on property until they had purchased into Disney Vacation Club so but i i think you had told me previously that when you used to visit i know you stay at Caribbean Beach but you always stayed on property you didn't stay in a hotel outside of Disney correct uh, i actually never knew that people stayed outside oh, wow. I, I distinctly remember that growing up 
And my mom will also probably keep telling you this. Whenever we would get dropped off by the bus, I say, Mom, how did all those people drive here? Like, don't they have to take the bus or something like that? But no, and, and still to this day, when my family visits, they have always stayed at a Disney resort. I don't let right. them stay at my house. I don't want that yeah. uh, drama when they visit. Uh, but if my mom comes, she is uh, Pop Century through and through. Right. And then my dad is uh, Yacht Club through and through. Yacht That's lovely as well. Yeah. It's funny because you you were saying that for you the excitement started when you climbed those steps on mm-hmm. to the bus. I mean, for us, it's for me it's slightly different. Obviously, uh, coming from the UK, living, growing up in the UK, you know, our vacation started on the morning of getting onto the flight. But we knew that we were at Disney World when we were driving up to the plaza where you pay for the parking, and it has the Walt Disney World mm-hmm. sign as you're on that road, and then you pull up. So it's kind of, it's funny hearing you saying climbing the, the steps of the bus. For me, it was arriving and seeing that sign. And it's interesting, like still to this day even, you know, you and I can walk around Magic Kingdom with our eyes closed. Yeah. And we can tell someone what trash can we're standing in front of. But still to this day, there is nothing quite like driving under the big archway with yeah. Mickey and Minnie. You know, you're crossing that line into Walt Disney World. And all of a sudden, you just feel this little jolt of happiness and energy. And it's still, we make new memories to this day of visiting you know, a place that we know and love and have been here so many times. Oh, yeah. But it continues to offer this unique, it continues to offer this uniqueness about it that we keep coming back and going to it day after day, year after year. And I think one of the things that I'm curious about, because when we talk about, you know, what, I or anybody grew up with here, Disney is such a synonymous name with movies, books, TV, toys, things like that. I guess when I was younger, I didn't really know any other way. And it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I realized people don't live in Mississippi where I come from. (laughs) And if if your listeners can't tell from your really attractive voice i'm from detroit yeah yeah (laughs) you are you ain't from mississippi i ain't from mississippi and i'm just curious like what an international uh, a foreigner an englishman what's your like backstory with disney do you grow up on the movies and that's probably a naive question but do you grow up on the movies do you grow up on the shows was it when euro disney came to town that you started to to get into it you know that's a great question so growing up you know we had the cartoons uh, we had the movies. Um, we didn't have like the Mickey Mouse Club in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but to give you a perfect example, at Christmas time, Christmas Day, Christmas isn't Christmas in the UK unless you're watching three different movies. And you really do say Happy Christmas to people. We, right? I, you know, I'm not entirely sure because <laughs> it's, it's, I've lived here for so long now. I came here in my early 20s. Um, so I've been here for over 15 years now but the three movies at christmas day which if you are the quintessential christmas movies you know it's christmas day are the great escape no which is is an american movie if you haven't seen it check it out once you'll never want to see it again (laughs) and the second movie is one of the james bond movies because they're dotted all around the christmas period doesn't matter which one doesn't matter which one and the actually there's two other movies which are synonymous with Christmas Day. One is Mary Poppins. Really? The other one, which is like the big one for me, is Dumbo. Really? So those those if you're you know it's Christmas because those are 
on without fail every year. I couldn't say about now, but certainly me growing up as a child, those were on. And for me growing up, and still now, 30 years later, it's The Santa Claus right. with Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Home Alone. Right. And in a weird way, a couple of the Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, wow. But so, I love the holiday season. Yeah, yeah I'm a huge Christmas nut. Yeah. I mean, I we're in so. October and I've got my Christmas decorations up already. So that'll it's, tell you how bad we are. It's interesting, you know, like when we talk about memories of Disney or, or the Disney name in general, there's not that many places or that, that many names that are synonymous with people, you know, around the entire globe. Like you and I are from different generations. We're from different countries. Yeah. We're from different family backgrounds. But everyone knows who Mickey Mouse is. Yeah. Well, it's, we share that one. Yep. We have that one thing in common. I mean, we have other things in common, but, you know, the, 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 our love for Disney yeah. and growing up on it and those experiences as children growing up are something that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in the world or walk of life. You know, it's something that brings everybody together, which yeah, you don't think of a lot. No, I, I completely agree. And it's, and it's really something that, as, as I might say, an outsider wouldn't really get. Right. Web. If you're not a Disney family, you know, it may not make sense to you. And I, I'm very thankful that my parents, my sisters, my close friends, everybody knows what that name means. They respect it. Uh, and we're just very thankful that, you know, this one guy in 1923 drew a cartoon mouse. Yeah. And here we are in 2020. And it has just given millions upon millions of people great memories and you know things to to hold high in their in their minds and it's you know the memories talking about memories and the things that we remember it's funny you know the things that we did as children coming here for example when i was very very young i was obsessed with the muppets mm -hmm. and my mother would throw it into the vcr sit, sit me on the couch and say okay mummy's going to take a little nap now why don't we watch the muppets and <laughs> i still to this day every time i go to hollywood studios and I go to Muppet Vision 4D, it still evokes those memories. And even just things like, you know, it's not just the theme parks and resorts. It's, you know, Disney Cruise Line. I remember the very first cruise that I did with my parents was back in 1999. It was on the Disney Wonder on a just a short four-night cruise. And I've been cruising ever since. Mm. It's not just, you know, not just with my parents and sister and other family members when I was growing up it's something that I do with my wife we I got married uh, me and my wife got married in January we went over to England to get married and came back and we had our honeymoon in February on the Disney Magic we did a five night Marvel day at sea and it's something that I had earlier you know as a child it's something that I'm experiencing as a, an adult and hopefully at some point in the future I'll have children and it'll be something that we impart to them as well. So it's amazing how it comes full circle. It really is, Nick. And you just mentioned, you know, that you continue to make memories. You know, you just got married, you met your wife here, and that spawns a whole new generation of memories. And for me, I started coming here, I don't know, let's just say 95 right. uh, to Walt Disney World, whatever. Fast forward to 2019, this time last year, that when Disney Plus came out. Right. I mean, this people were just so jazzed on this. You know, we're going to have all of these great Disney movies in one specific location. People can watch Frozen. They can watch Mary Poppins. But for me, 
my fiance, fun fact, she would hate me telling this story, but I make fun of her all the time. I make fun of her all the time for it. And again, I, I didn't know any other way when I was a kid. She did not grow up with cable television. Oh, okay. So she did not have the Disney Channel. Oh. So Disney Channel original movies like Johnny Tsunami, Brink, Miracle in Lane 2, Cadet Kelly, The Even Stevens, all of these TV shows that fill my brain with nothing but glorious childhood memories. Yeah. All of a sudden, I can hit a button on my TV and be transported 20 years ago to when I was sitting on the couch with my mom or my dad or my sisters watching these Disney Channel original movies and to be able to share those with a 30-year-old right? Yeah. <laughs> who in theory is watching a movie for the first time that was made for us as 10-year-olds. It's like watching it through a child's it's, eye, it's your eyes again. Real. I am immediately transported to my great childhood memories and now this person gets a sense of what I loved as a child. Right. And to have all of those you know, Disney Plus specifically, all of those titles in one location now that we can pass down to other people, it's just making a whole new wave of memories. And it's just a, a, a really unique way that really only a company like Disney can keep reinventing itself, but stay true to their roots at the same time. Exactly. And, you know, we're going to talk in a little while. Obviously, you know, we live in a very different world. 2020 has been, um, has brought a lot of change for everybody. And we're going to talk about um, the company and obviously how we know each other um, in a moment. But that's one thing that I would say everybody knows that for a time, essentially the Disney company came to a standstill. There were no movies being made, no television shows, the parks were closed. It was awful. But we were very fortunate in actual fact that Disney Plus had been launched not too long before all of this happened. Yep. So whilst we can't go to Disney or we couldn't go to Disney or do all of these things, we still have all those childhood memories through the shows that are on Disney Plus. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, it was, if I'm, if memory serves me, the parks closed March 16th, most of March, all of April, all of May. I think we reopened late June, early July, the theme yeah, parks. Right. We had Disney Plus and online shopping. Yeah, that's it. That was Disney. Yeah. No worldwide parks were open. <clears throat> they were all shuttered. No resorts were open. And it wasn't until a light at the end of the tunnel came for the Disney brand in general when Disney Springs opened in Central Florida. That was, yeah. if I remember correctly, that was the first one to say we're going to give it a go. It was. And, you know, we've talked about this before because I know you've done the same thing. I remember during the lockdown where we could go out but we couldn't really do anything. We had just to exercise. To, yeah. Ugh. Just to kind of get out of the four walls of the house, me and my wife, we would take a drive mm -hmm. to onto Disney property. We live five minutes away from Disney. So it's not driving a huge amount and huge distance. And... I think I told, I said this to you that um, at this point we had started the YouTube channel, um, and we had uh, we were work, we start working on a plan for content, sure. and we drove through onto Disney property, and we drove through Disney Springs, we drove past the Grand Floridian and Magic Kingdom and Disney's Contemporary Resort, and it was like Armageddon. It was like you know everything was closed it was something that we'd never seen before 
or knock on wood, we'll never see again. It was just, and it was in that moment then that I said to my wife, I said, there's no way we can put a video out showing this. Yeah. And and she she was the one who first, first, she said to me, I don't think this is a good idea to put a video out for this. And then the more I thought about it, I said to her, you know, I think you're absolutely right. We can't, it's just so depressing. It was yeah. heartbreaking um, yeah. for, for a few months. It was heartbreaking. Uh, I am, you know, a pretty emotional person or a, not a very emotional person. Right. Me. But kind of like you, there were a couple times where my, my other half and I, we just said, you know, we got to get out of the house. I ain't jogging. I don't want to <laughs> do that. So we, <laughs> so we get in the car and we would drive just up and down a few streets at Walt Disney World just to see it. Just to get out. Just yeah. to make sure that it was still there. Yeah. Because if you can believe it or not, Nick, a couple of times we drove through Epcot at night. They did not have the lights on Spaceship Earth. Really? Just, it was heartbreaking. Wow. And we didn't know if we were legally allowed to drive on the roads because you did not see a soul. You only saw cop cars. Uh, right. Just making sure that you know everything was uh, on the up for the grounds and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and I remember one night we were driving past Contemporary to get home, uh, right behind Magic Kingdom there. And the Contemporary Resort had a selection of room balcony lights in the shape of a heart. And right. my fiance just broke down. She just it's, We pulled over to the side of the road. She was inconsolable. It's it's funny because there's a, for those of you that don't live in the area, there's a road that goes around the Magic Kingdom. And it goes to a backstage area. And you, it, it runs past Disney's Contemporary. It's the road you would take to go to the Contemporary Resort. I remember the very first, I think it was within the first few days of the lockdown when we, we were getting out. I, rem, I know because we talked about this before when you were saying about the rooms, mm -hmm. the, those select rooms had lights mm -hmm. on in the shape of a heart. Um, before that, we drove past the contemporary and there was only one light on oh. in the whole. It was heartbreaking. And then Awful. at the traffic lights where you turn in to go to contemporary, they had Disney security there, and this mm -hmm. was at night with their lights flashing. They had Orange County Sheriff, yep. and they weren't allowing you to go around that yep. area. There's another road you can take, yep. but at that point, they had that all blocked off. And it was just, even just going past Disney Springs, an area that is ordinarily, you know, Packed. traffic all <laughs> over the place. I just want to go home. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> there's nothing. It's like completely empty. It's just heartbreaking. And, you know, we say these things, and... It's a bummer to hear, to talk about it. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It's sad. And it was very sad to drive through and see those scenes. I, I remember my mom called me once and she said, Justin, I'm flying down this weekend. I said, Mom, we can't go anywhere. She goes, I just want to make sure it's still there. Yeah. I just want to drive to the gate and I want to drive on the highway and I want to see the top of Cinderella Castle. I just I want to make sure it's still there. And we talk about those memories and now that we are, you know, slowly getting back to normal, things are reopening and things like that. Um, I think, me personally, I, I'm very thankful that we live in the state and the city that we do, because we talk about where you and I live, you know, what we do for a living and things like that. We are reliant on people coming to these locations, yeah. being in the hospitality industry. And now that the parks are reopened, things are starting to, to go uphill a little bit, which is nice. We're remaking those memories all over again. Yeah. We could not go to Disney World for three months. Yes. You know. To a quote normal family right. that lives outside of Florida. That's like a day. Yeah. Oh, I get to go back in three months? Done. Yeah. For most people, it's once every five years. Yeah. 
our commute to our office is through Walt Disney World. Yeah. And not going there for a week is one thing for people who live in the area, but three months was a long stretch. It was tough. It's, you know, we go to Disney Springs before all of this on average two, three times a week. Absolutely. Even just to take a walk. I mean, we know what's in the shops, although the shops, their stock changes, but it's just even just getting out of the house, going to have dinner. There's some great restaurants down there. You know, we go, we take a walk around, we go and have dinner, have a drink, Mm -hmm. meet up with friends. It's just part of, you know, we take it for granted. It's part of everyday living. You know, we're very fortunate that we're able to go to Disney as often as we do. And like you say, to speak to that point, to not be able to go for three months, it's, you know, like pulling pulling my hair out thinking, what on earth are we, what are we doing? It was like a, a piece of us had been ripped away. Yeah. Because, you know, we are very fortunate that we can go basically whenever we want. Um, and it's it's like breathing air in Orlando, you know, going to Walt Disney World. And to not have been able to do that was, it was awful. We had to, you know, to figure out new things to, to keep us going. And again, yeah. you mentioned Disney Plus and, and shopping and things like that. That's all we had for a while. But now that it's starting to reopen, every time that we go to the theme parks, because I, I go to Disney Springs and the theme parks right now two or three times a week because I'm not working so we're we're filling the time as best we can Um, but visiting each time you don't know if it's going to be your last for a while so we we cherish it even more than we than we normally would living here exactly so let's move on a little bit I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and then we'll jump back Um, so we know each other from uh and like I said, I haven't talked much about or at all about this on our um, YouTube channel, but I work for Disney Cruise Line. And that's how we met. You work for Disney Cruise Line. And we've worked, for, I think you've worked for the company maybe a year longer than me, six months a year, something like that. Yeah. And then we became part of the same team um, over a year, I think it's a little over a year, over mm-hmm. a year ago. So we've built a friendship over that time, which has been, you know, wonderful. It's people don't seem to understand that when you work for Disney, especially Disney Cruise Line, which is a lot smaller than yeah. Disney World, it yeah. really is a family atmosphere. You get to know most of the people in the office, even if it's just to say hi, but it really is like an extended family. It's an interesting dynamic because at Walt Disney World, when you think about the parks, the resorts, 75,000 employees, yeah, it's massive. Not everybody knows everybody. It's pretty shocking how many people know each other with that amount of, of, of people. But us specifically, Disney Cruise Line, I forget a lot. We don't work for Walt Disney World technically. Right. Our offices are a little off the beaten path. And instead of having 75,000 people spread over 50 square miles or whatever the size of that place is, um, we are in one building. There's, I don't know, 2,000 of us. And we all have unique relationships i think disney is really one of the only companies honestly that comes to mind when we talk about there's employees cast members from all over the world languages you'll never even knew existed or spoken right everybody has different backstories and skill sets but we all come together for one common goal you know to give great service and to live up to this wonderful name and when people talk about as you mentioned like being a part of a family I sit three feet from you. Yeah. I see you every day, uh, five days a week. But we all are there for each other. 
You know, we all want to see each other succeed. We are all there to pay homage to this wonderful brand that we love. And I think we'll probably touch on it here in a second. That has never been more apparent than with the story of the times of what's happening now. Yeah. Of people trying to help each other. Whenever I visit home for holidays or, or whatnot, I always catch up with my friends back in Mississippi. And they'll always say, oh, you know, Justin, what, what parade are you dancing in now? What, what's your job? <laughs> And that's that's all they think of, you know. They think of those things that you see on TV, but right. you know, I sit at a desk and, and do regular office work. It just so happens to be for a, a company with a mouse on the paycheck, uh, and it just it provides a sense of community for us. And a lot of us owe our successes in life to the people that we've come across uh, yeah, working can, for this company. I couldn't agree more. I mean. Just speaking very quickly about um, our positions right now. So unfortunately, I was one of the 28,000 that were laid off uh, about a month ago. So I will be with the company until December the 4th, sadly. And my that also hit my household as well Yeah, uh, for, for a person under our roof, uh, my fiancé. So we're, we're going through the same instances. We're just uh, on the opposite sides of the coin. Exactly. But it's, you know, I'm thankful that they've been able to keep the people that they've kept you know i would i would never wish anybody to go through a layoff but i'm hugely grateful to the company as well like i say it's like a family so it's you know i've met some incredible people there who will be friends for Mm -hmm. many many years if not a lifetime but just shifting gears i'll come back to something that i was thinking about in a little bit but from those, we were talking about those memories growing up and coming and visiting the Walt Disney World Resort. When was it you thought to yourself or it was even a notion that you wanted to come and work for the Disney company? Probably when I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had been visiting probably since I was five. Um, you know, this is going to sound weird, but as a kid, you don't realize that people have jobs. Right. You, know, you wake up, you go to school, and whatever happens in those hours, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So growing up here, or growing up visiting here, I, as a child, never paid attention to the people with the name tags. You know, my mom grabbed my hand, get on this bus, okay, oh, we're going on this ride, put your ticket here, what do you want? Chicken tenders, okay, great. That was it. (laughs) Right. You walk into the gate, I couldn't tell you what a ticket looked like until 10 years ago. Oh, wow. But you walk into the gate, and I ride rides. That's what I do as a kid. Yeah. It wasn't until freshman year of college... This was Jan August two thousand six. I my I always ruffle a little feathers feathers when I say this, but I, I stick by it with a lot of logic. So don't at me, as they say, as the kids say. College was not for me, and it's not for everybody. Right. Okay? I, I think there is something to be said about, as they say, going to the school of hard knocks. You know, getting real world experience and things like that. But the one rule that my parents both had for me was graduate college. My college start was very rocky. I had no idea what I wanted to do in life. You know, I, I knew I liked sports, but I certainly wasn't gonna be a professional athlete. So one of my classes that I took during freshman year at Mississippi State University, go Bulldogs, was a... <laughs> Shameless plug. Like <laughs> uh, one of my classes I took was a career aptitude class. That basically it was their responsibility to try to help me figure out what I wanted to graduate with. I was doing so poorly in college, I almost flunked out. Oh, wow. 
This class offered us the opportunity to visit a career fair and to write a paper on our experience for a little bit of extra credit. So I went to the, the basketball arena uh, on campus. There were two booths that I found extremely interesting. Number one was Space Camp, and representing Huntsville, Alabama. I had been there when I was in fifth grade. Long story short, a teacher on uh, on in my elementary school was a former NASA worker. Oh wow! So she actually negotiated a program for the entire 500 fifth graders to go to Space Camp pro bono. When I was in oh fifth grade. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. So my, my love for space uh, and exploration started from going to space camp. The second person that I found very interesting that I started talking to, because I, this, this symbol of a Disney name tag is, is pretty unforgettable. Right. It was a Disney college program representative, which basically is an internship for college kids to get you know, real-world experience working at hundreds of different locations on Disney property. Right, and they get college credits yeah. for it as well, yeah. Two days later, I went to a information session on campus. I had just finished playing basketball with my friends uh, down at the, the gym area on campus. I showed up, probably 20 kids there, all in suits, ties, dresses, notebooks, legal pads. I had basketball shorts on. I was sweating like I just ran a marathon. <laughs> I begged the representative there to let me go change. She said, no, it's fine. You're, you're fine. It's totally fine. Uh, I interviewed, a panel interview, and I distinctly remember the lady saying, you look like a lifeguard. So I thought I was going to be a lifeguard. Uh, spoilers, that didn't happen. But four months later, in January of 2007, I came to Walt Disney World for the first time, never having any desire or interest or knowledge that people worked here. Uh, but I knew, probably subconsciously, I was running away from my school troubles. Right. And my desire to not have to do homework. <laughs> But uh, since after that, I did a year. I worked at Epcot. My first paying roles were Turtle Talk with Crush and The Seas with Nemo and Friends, The Ride. Oh, wow. After my internship was over, I went back. I did get my degree at Mississippi State. Uh, I majored in psychology, which uh, I chose because there was no math. <laughs> <laughs> but during my college program, I fell in love with it, man. I loved talking to people. I loved facilitating things i loved how happy that ride made people and i said if i can do that here on this very small level as a college intern what possibilities are here for me as a uh, an adult basically right. so i finished college and came back and i've been working uh at the walt disney world resort since 2012 wow it's the only people that have ever signed my paychecks oh wow mm -hmm. it's you know i say to people I'm very fortunate in that I, in, in my career, I've had some executive, executive level positions. And then when um, that phase, that particular position ended, I took a step back. I, I went into insurance a little bit and hated every moment of it. Mm -hmm. And Disney's always been there. Sure. You know, and a position came up and I, I say to people, you're, everybody's always learning. There's always something new to learn. Well so. And what better way, you know, Disney is renowned for customer service. So I decided to take a position that came up with Disney Cruise Line Shoreside. And um, I worked with, I've obviously been working with Disney Cruise Line. That'll end in December, sadly. Um, but I often say to people, certain, 
there are people that come in and out of your life that you um, interact with. Like you were saying, Disney Cruise Line, the offices are small. Um, they're not small, small, but you know, then they're, they're not huge. It's not like Walt Disney World. So you can be riding an elevator with at the time until all the changes. Jeff Farley was our president of Disney Signature Experiences. That's Disney Vacation Club, Adventures by Disney, Alani, Disney Cruise Line, to name just a few. And it's not uncommon. It wasn't uncommon to ride the elevator with him to mm-hmm. the floor that I needed to go. And the people are such a family, as I was saying before, such a family atmosphere. It wasn't uncommon to have a conversation with him or any of the other executives. How's your day going? You know, extremely approachable. Sure. And mm-hmm. I often say to people, you know, who do you, in your experience that you've not necessarily met, but who do you look up to when it comes to things like executives and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think growing up, <clears throat> you know, you can probably spin it into two sections before a career and during and after mm. career. But, and this is probably a cop-out answer, but man, my parents were just so supportive of anything and everything that my sisters and I wanted to do. They are both scientists by nature. Oh, wow. Uh, geologists. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they look for oil and rocks it's not interesting to me (laughs) whatever but growing up in mississippi you know there's connotations about you know beliefs and things like that but my family was whatever you want to do just be nice to people doesn't matter who they are or where they come from and whatever you do do to the best of your ability and when i told them that i would be taking this leap of faith and leaving the small town life of Mississippi and venturing out on my own at 17, they were both just kind of of the mindset of, if you come back, make sure it's because you exhausted every opportunity there. Right. My mom's parting words when I got into the driver's seat of my car, she said, don't come back unless I'm sick. Right. And I said... Okay. That's a great support system to have. And it, it really was because at a young age, you know, people dream about going off, living on their own, doing cool things. And yeah, it's nice. But the older you get, the more you realize how much you need family and friends and things like that. But when it comes to, um, you know, like looking here at Disney specifically, none of us would be in the position that we are without great leadership and great people to look up to. Um, and because of what's been happening the last six or so months, that really has put the names of executives and things like that into the mainstream media right. and spotlight. Um, you know, you have your Bob Igers, your Bob Chapex, and things like that who are the name and face right. of the Walt Disney Company. But typically below that, at least in my opinion, they're really nameless. You know, they're behind the scenes, they do great work, but no one really knows who they are. Um, but... Recently, the name Josh Demaro has been in the news a lot for what he has been doing, and we'll probably get into detail with that here shortly, but basically, this gentleman, about a year ago, had a, a year and a half ago, had a very high position at Disneyland in California. Right. Got a promotion about a year ago to be the president of Walt Disney World, so he moves to Florida. Six months later... COVID-19 is starting to happen, and his first major project is 
to get the ball rolling to close the operations, make it safe for employees, and then try to reopen. And <clears throat> a small anecdote about why I really look up to him. I was going to say, because you've actually met him. Yes, I yeah. have. So I forget what day it was, you know, whatever day Disney Springs actually opened. And it was the very first day. And this was the first piece of Disney property that was opening in the world. And I was like, look, we got to be there. We got to go. I just want to see it. We got to be there. So my fiance and I are walking down, going in and out of the, the few stores that are open. And I see this really attractive gentleman walk by. <laughs> He's a good looking guy, He's isn't good, he? He's a good looking <laughs> lad. Um, but I have this, like, I have this weird, I'm going to call it a superpower. I can still tell what people look like with masks on. See, I'm the opposite. I can't... Uh, just a, a quick uh, side note on this. So, the day that Disney Springs opened, you and your fiancé went to Disney Springs. Mm -hmm. And I had texted you to say that me and my wife were going. And I cannot recognise anybody with, oh, no. a, with a mask on. <laughs> people will come up to me and go, hey, how you doing? You know, And I've got no, uh, who are you? Oh, hey, yeah. how are you doing? Hi. And uh, we were at Disney Springs because we were filming for the, uh, for the YouTube channel. And we were doing a video on the opening of Disney Springs. So if you haven't seen that, uh, go ahead and check it out. It's on YouTube at uh, youtube.com forward slash Max the Magic. But we had said that, oh, if we see you down there, then you know, let's get together. And I'm busy filming, and like I said, I don't recognize anybody with a mask on. However, you wear the most insane, brightly colored shirts. It's true. I do dress loud. You, it's it's a cool... I, I like it. It's every, every day. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. just like out at Disney Springs for fun. No. It's like in the office as well. Yeah. And I'm shooting um, video... And then out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody coming towards me with this bright orange, what I think is a, t a tiki room shirt <laughs> and, a mask, uh, and a mask on. And I'm thinking, oh, only Justin would wear that. It's, 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 that can't be him. There must be more than one shirt. And I'm looking and then all of a sudden I realize it is you. Yep, definitely me. <laughs> um, yeah, you can pick me out of a crowd, that's for sure. <laughs> In dark times, I like to wear bright clothes. That's it. What, it brought a smile to my face oh, that well, day. Well, I'm glad. Mission, <laughs> mission accomplished. But yeah, I wear tiki shirts every day of the year, just about. But that day, um, I see this really good-looking guy flash across our viewpoint. And I say to my, my fiancé, Lindsay, I said, I think that's Josh DeMauro, the president. Why don't we go say hi to him? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. He's busy. Don't bother him. He's a rock star. Whatever, whatever. Silver mm. Fox, as they say. <laughs> Silver Fox. So she, she was very nervous to go say hi to him. But I said, no, look, this gentleman needs to know how appreciative we are. Because if we are the only people that say thank you to him, he's going to know that he did a good job. Yeah. So I, I catch up with him and go, Josh, Josh, Josh. My name is Justin. This is my fiance, Lindsay. We're both cast members. He asked us where we worked. We told him, and I'm fairly certain he actually knew those two locations, which oh, was nice. Okay. But he just said, you know, Justin Lindsay, we are doing everything that we can to get you guys back to all of your roles as quickly as possible. Um, and if there's anything that we can do, please, please, please just let us know. But I just, I told him simply, I said, Josh, I just want to thank you. This day, just walking around in this place, even if no stores are open. Just being able to walk at a Disney place, hear a little bit of that music, and just escape the real world for an hour. Yeah. I said, that's all we could ask for, sir. And I told him, 
is that I've been following you on Instagram. You post really fun videos, and I just thank you for, for bringing that small light to us. Because he and, did a video at um, Hollywood Studios, didn't he? He did. Yeah. That, was, that was my favorite one that he did, and I mentioned it to him. Um, he put himself in view of the camera, and he just said, Thank you to all the customers who are being patient. We're trying. I'm at Disney's Hollywood Studios today, gearing up for reopening. And I just wanted to give you 30 seconds of, of magic. He pulled out his iPhone, and uh, like a, a lighting tech guy was with him. He right. pushed a button, and the music started playing oh. for, for Disney's Hollywood Studios. And I just told him, I said, Josh, I bawled like a baby, man. I said, it's, <laughs> that's my favorite place on earth. And what you did that day, it hit me. It hit me hard. Uh, and he just gave us a, a big thank you. We took a, a, a photo with him, socially distanced, of course, at the time, uh, with our mask on. And I just just said thank you, man, for for what you're doing. And you asked me about like who do I look up to with business and things like that. I don't. And there's a lot of people outside of Disney that right. I, I love reading their books and things like that. But for my personal company, you know, I'll probably never talk to him again because mm-hmm. that that's how high he is on the chain of command. I don't need to know anything else about him, about his personal life or whatever. But for him to take a few minutes out of his insanely busy day right. to say thank you. For saying, for us to say thank you was incredible. And he actually turned, there was a young woman to his right, and he said, Justin, thank you for all your kind words, but the person you need to be thanking is this young lady right here. She had just gotten a promotion and transfer from ESPN to Disney Springs, and her first order of business was to reopen Disney Springs. See, and that's amazing. Yeah, to, to have your top executive at the time give credit to someone else it, it was that it was amazing it, and it, it gave me a, a big lesson that's something that, you know i've never met him um and he kind of came on my radar probably about a year ago about the time that he moved across from california to uh to become president of walt disney world and i've spoken to a number of people who have met him including yourself mm-hmm. And it seems to be a common theme. He is very... Um, I'd love to interview him on the podcast. Sure. I think he would be... Just from what I've heard about him, he's somebody who's very generous with his um, praise on others. And he's very much a team player from what I can mm-hmm. from what I can understand. He's, you know, he's... You know, he takes in a lot of information. He's very... Uh, he shares a lot of praise on other people. Mm-hmm. And he's just a... Which in corporate America today, it's very rare to find somebody who is very down-to-earth. And, I mean, I'll... You know, for me, personally, I mean, my... The first person I look up to is my father. He started up a business uh, that was very successful, is very successful. And I learned an awful lot from him. There are two, I mean, there are obviously people who have come in and out of my life who uh, are perfect examples of how not to be an executive. One of them sure. was a CEO and ended up getting, getting fired. But there are two people that really stick out for me. And one of them is Jeff Varley, who was our, as you mentioned a little earlier, was our president of Disney Signature Experiences. He, with the reshuffle after Bob Chapek being promoted and Bob Iger um, uh, retiring, he moved into Josh DeMauro's previous position. He's now president of Walt Disney World Resort. And for him, as with you, I imagine you've ridden the elevator and spoken to him in the office as well. He's one of those very 
kind, softly spoken gentleman who is just, you know, if you didn't know he was the president of the company, you you wouldn't know yeah. because he's just like everybody else. He's asking how your family is. He's just an absolute wonderful person. I don't obviously don't know him personally, but just my interactions around the office. And he's somebody who, you know, no company is perfect. Disney, by no stretch of the imagination, is perfect. It has its issues just like other companies out there. But one thing that Disney often is labelled with is having poor communications. Jeff Farley is probably the best communicator I have ever come across. Just Even just from emails that go out from his desk or... You know, during when the pandemic started, he was working, obviously, like everybody else, he was working from home. And then you'd get an email or a video of him mm-hmm. saying hi to everybody. He's just an incredibly talented, well, well-rounded well executive. And, and if, he, if he wasn't seven feet tall, you wouldn't know who you were talking a, to. He's a tall guy, <laughs> isn't he? He's and just a... You know, you, you mentioned, like, the reshuffling, and, and this happens with companies, and it's it's happening to most companies around the world right now due to what's going on. And you and I can only speak from what we see. You know, there's plenty of articles in the news about every company under the sun having to reshuffle and what they're doing to get by during these times. But Josh Tomorrow comes from California to Florida, spends a year here. Due to what's happening... He has to fill a gap back in California. Yeah. So now he is the head of all parks and resorts. He basically took what was, he was promoted into what was Bob Chapek's position. So he's now chairman of DPEP, which is essentially Disney's Disney's Parks Experiences and Products. So he's overall in charge of all of those. So he takes a promotion. He may not have even wanted it. You know, he came to Walt Disney World for a mission. Right. And because of what's happening, he probably didn't get to fulfill everything that he wanted to do. Yeah. So he's forced to California, forced back to California to have even more responsibility than he does. Jeff Volley, our man from Disney Cruise Line, also probably not a promotion that he didn't want. More expected. More expected. Moves to the president of Walt Disney World. So you have this pandemic. Jeff Volley is in a position where he is overseeing Disney Cruise Line. He's in all of those discussions to get it back to where it needs to be. Trying to protect the company, yeah. So we we need to sail again. Josh DeMar was in a position to get Walt Disney World back to a place where we can open again. All of a sudden, Josh is forced to oversee multiple theme parks. All of a sudden, Jeff Ali goes from cruise ships to theme parks. To Walt Disney World, yeah. And you talk about a just an insane transition. Yeah. How different it must be to go from cruise industry to theme park industry. But then you tack on COVID-19 on top of that. And it just goes to show you the, as you mentioned, the communication. Because those guys have not stopped right. communicating to us uh, down uh, on the chain of command. But also it goes to show you that they are willing and able to do whatever it takes. And whatever is called upon them to get this place back to what we all know and love about it. Yeah, I mean it's it really has got to be difficult for them, you know. And you've got to this is something that's completely unprecedented i mean you would never have thought that something like this could happen and to be able to kind of roll with the punches and you know it's not nice you know all the layoffs and all this sort of thing but realistically speaking you know is it better to lay people off and protect a company so there's a company for people to come back in the future too or lose the entire you know it's lose the entire company one thing i would add about josh tomorrow is 
he really, you know, he was somebody I looked up to before when he kind of came across my radar, but it kind of kicked up a notch when I started seeing Twitter posts from guests and um, cast members at Downtown Disney in California. The day, I don't know if any of you saw this, but the day that the layoffs were announced, he was there at at Downtown Disney talking to cast members, just being available, a punching bag, I think somebody said. Um, Not that anybody hit him, but, (laughs) you know, just being there to offer even just a shoulder to crown or you know and that speaks volumes not only about him as a leader but him as a man and you know when you add in everything that everybody else has said like yourself who's met him it's clearly not a publicity stunt he really is that much of a a decent you know person you know and imagine the amount of pride that he had to swallow or anybody in that position because he knows that he is I dare say, directly responsible yeah. for what's happening. Uh, I mean, nobody wants to do layoffs. Nobody wants to get laid off. Yeah. We just we try to help each other and pick each other up. It's very clear that he did not want that to happen. And for a person in his position to, to go out and speak to his constituents, essentially, yeah. and when they know that they're looking at the man who very well may have made some tough decisions that affected them greatly, my family included. But you just have to give the guy all the respect in the world oh, absolutely. For, for doing that. Yeah. I do not envy him. And I can't imagine any other company executives want to be in that position either. And, you know, even though, like you said, it's a, the layoffs have affected your household... And obviously it's affected my household. I'm hugely grateful for Disney for an, a number of reasons. I mean, I've met, like I said before, some amazing people who will be lifelong friends. Um, I also met my wife at Dis- Disney Cruise Line. Yeah, yes. she. we started literally a month apart from each other. And um, it's amazing to me that, you know, that, Disney Cruise Line essentially brought us together. And, you know, you can't but help... And if you're... You can't help but learn so much from the talented people. And I'll talk to... About the the people who work for Disney Cruise Line and also Disney as a whole in a minute who have been affected. But, you you know, you can't help but learn from all these people. And it's just true. It really speaks volumes... Um, about the type of people that they are. You know? And, and I, I think, Nick, yourself included and myself included, it's tough not to be angry in times like this. It's tough not to be confused. But everyone, especially for Disney, just has such a respect for the brand and for the yeah. company. We understand it's nobody's fault. Exactly. You know, it, I hate the phrase. I hate it. But it is what it is. You it know, is, you know. Disney did not do this to anybody their hand was forced and I think with their reactionary messages and and helpful things that they've done to all of us who have been affected that way they've certainly put a yeah, huge amount in, into resources they're for trying everybody. yeah they're, they're doing their best but what one thing I want to turn to as we're you know we'll get away from the negative side of COVID in a minute but with this there are one thing that has come out of this is the huge amount there there are a number of facebook pages that have been created to support cast members 
Um, they started out as, you know, how to do this, how to do that, if you're going to needing to file for unemployment. And then they kind of transitioned from that. I mean, you still see those kinds of posts, but they've kind of transitioned more into this, this term has become, has been punted around everywhere, the side hustle um, term for people basically needing to find jobs. There's no jobs out there because everybody's on unemployment and just whatever talents you have trying to do something that somebody may be interested in. And the amount of talent and creativity that, you know, are the cast at Disney, whether it's Cruise Line or World or Disneyland California, any part of Disney is astounding. There's so many wonderful um, people out there doing amazing things for people to be able to purchase and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm really glad you bring that up too because that speaks volumes to you because, you know, we want to get the word out to people need help and, and that's what these groups are trying to do and that's what this platform is trying to do. Exactly. When you look at social media, it can be used for a lot of good and this is the way that it has been doing it. Um, here in Orlando specifically, that's where you and I live, companies worldwide are just got a 30,000 talent pool of yeah. the highest level of worker and employee imaginable. Right. Okay? If there is a job, not a job, to find at Disney, it doesn't exist. Walt Disney World, we have restaurants, theme parks, hotels, cleaning services, lighting guys, IT guys. Every role imaginable is here. And all of a sudden, we wake up one morning and it's not there. These social media sites, these Facebook groups that have been coming out are have been ways for people, as you mentioned, a side hustle because people need money, people need help. All of a sudden, instead of working at you know Space Mountain or something like that, they're showcasing their other talents. These Facebook groups are highlighting cast members who are woodworkers, yeah. bakers, chefs, lawn care professionals, automotive mechanic repair professionals, People that will help you with your resumes. People that will come to your house and fix your computer. It's, it's all sort. It's a wide range. I mean, Christmas is coming up. Yep. The amount of cast members that are doing holiday deck, creating holiday decor things, and selling them online. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I'm going to reach out. Um, we talked about this before. I'm going to reach out to those particular Facebook groups and see if there isn't a way that we can highlight it. And perhaps put a link on our Facebook group. Uh, if you're not um, not on our Facebook, then our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Max the Magic FL, as in Florida. Um, go ahead and like um, that page. I'm going to try and put something there, a link perhaps. Um, I'm going to reach out to them, or maybe even on our YouTube um, channel, which again is youtube.com forward slash Max the Magic. Um, maybe we'll do a, a video there or something of that nature. So be sure to subscribe and like and hit that notification bell so you get notified when the videos are posted because they really are talented people. And, you know, it, it's a shame, you know, we'd really like to bring attention to to those various people and their businesses and what they're creating because a lot of it is cheaper than, you know, going out, you know, ordering online or something like that. So it's an interesting time for businesses, especially. It's all about adapting. And we here in Central Florida, we rely on Publix, the grocery store. 
not that it's any fault of their own. I'm very excited for them. But in quarter two during the pandemic, their profit margin, they grew $2 billion. Yeah. That's real good. It really is, yeah. Everybody was staying at home. Everybody was cooking. Makes perfect sense. Publix is a great place to go. Yeah. And there's one on every corner around here. I love Publix. I know, right? But it goes to, sh- it goes <laughs> to show you. Publix subs. <laughs> yeah, we endorse them. <laughs> but it goes to show you the opposite side of the coin when you have these cast members that are in certain roles at Walt Disney World who may no longer can go to Publix. They may not be able to afford it. These Facebook groups, they've now started food pantries for people uh, where you yeah. can go in and take necessary meals or a lot of worker or a lot of people on these Facebook groups are offering services for free. So let's say, you know, you have uh, a car issue. A lot of people on those Facebook groups are, instead of going to the big box car repair store down the street, their first priority is to post on those Facebook groups, hey, I have this issue. Can anyone fix it? And that's a great way that they're helping all these families uh, put food back on the table and things like that. And then also it's gotten so big now, people from across the country are joining these Facebook groups because let's say you have someone who bakes cookies or makes holiday wreaths, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. they're happy to ship that to your home. Oh yeah. Um, So you're getting something handmade from a very talented individual, from a person that you most likely have come in contact with when visiting Walt Disney World. And because they have given families so much of their time working at the theme parks and things like that, a lot of people are reaching out and purchasing those services to try to give back to those customers who have made exactly. their vacation so magical. And, and keep in mind, it, it you know, there's a wide range of cast members that have been affected. It's not just you know the janitors who are working the night shift at Magic Kingdom. You know, it's people all throughout the company, even Imagineers. Every, and yeah. you know, I've seen you know holiday decor being designed and built by Imagineers. I mean, can you imagine that your yeah. next holiday decor? You could say, well, hey, a Disney Imagineer built that for me. It's incredible. So we'll figure out a way to to do that. But that brings me neatly actually onto obviously trying to keep busy during this period and finding something else to do. So our YouTube channel actually came out of trying to find something to do and obviously our love of Disney. It's something that my wife and I had talked about for a while doing, but obviously life got in the way and you know it was a difficult difficult to do it. This podcast is actually spawned from that YouTube channel. So but I want to talk just very, just a little bit about um, your podcast because during this time you created a, a podcast as well. So why don't you tell us a, a little bit about that? It's unique because a month or two into this whole COVID thing when none of us were working, we were like, oh, this is cool. It's kind of like a vacation. Here we are six months later and we're all just miserable. We want to go back to work. We want to <laughs> help people. We want to travel. We, you know, we want to get back to that sense of norm that I dare say we all took for granted because who saw this coming? Well, exactly. Who saw this coming? Uh, I'm from Mississippi, so I've lived through my fair share of a couple of natural disasters and things like that, but nothing in our lifetime has reshaped life as a whole as of what's going on right now. So, um, and I love your YouTube channel that you just mentioned, just to give you a quick plug for a second. Because <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> we talk about, <clears throat> you and I, you know, we like going to the parks, we go to Disney Springs, we feel comfortable doing that now. We certainly respect and understand that everybody's decisions to travel and go outside are their own, 
and we are by no means criticizing or, or telling people what they should or should exactly. not do. But you and I feel safe and secure going to Disney locations. My fiance and I both share a love of traveling. And when this pandemic hit, you know, you couldn't get to certain places. Countries literally closed their borders. National parks in America were closed. So even if you could fly or drive to certain locations, you weren't going to see what you had once thought that you would be seeing. Right. After a couple months, my fiance and I decided, you know, we wanted to live our life a certain way. So we started to travel a little bit in our own backyard of, of the U.S. You know, we followed every state and local guideline that we went to. Uh, so we were very respectful of the rules. Um, but once we decide, once we kind of figured out that, hey, you know, we can't fly to Europe anytime soon or any, anything like that, we have to make our own unique type of vacations. So I've been very lucky to go to Europe four times now. I've seen more of Europe, I believe, than I've seen of my own backyard here in oh, the States. Wow. So Lindsay and I woke up and we decided that we really wanted to travel you know, a, a day's drive away, basically, where can we go to in America that is a unique vacation destination that is, you know, safe and efficient during the COVID times where we can, you know, have a nice trip. But also, we thought it would be really interesting to highlight some of these lesser known vacation destinations. So we started a podcast, which really has just been journaling our uh, small town travels during this uh, COVID process, because when we first started COVID, Tiger King was the big thing that people were Oh doing. my goodness, yeah. Some people were, you know, jogging and riding bikes to pass the time. Some people were painting. We wanted to go see some of these unique places and have this journal of a podcast to look back on. So we started Small Towns Big Adventures. And that's the name of the podcast. It yeah. is the name of the podcast. Thank you. We can You can hear it on Spotify, Google, Apple. Uh, Anchor is the platform that we use to do it on. But basically, we travel to small towns, lesser known vacation destinations, and just try to promote it. We're certainly not being paid or told to go to these locations. We genuinely wanted to see them. And we want, if any small part, to try to be a helping hand to bring back some of those places for travel and you know that's <clears throat> that's i, I want to bring attention to that because i love that you said that you know, that your podcast isn't you know you don't earn money from uh, being or sponsored by going to these places it's the same with our with our um with this podcast and also with our youtube channel you know there are a lot of youtube channels out there where you know they're being paid by Disney to go on a Disney cruise or something like that. So maybe I'm not necessarily getting the same experience that, you know, the average Joe down the street would get. So that was, again, something very important for us as well, that it, it, you know, that it's not, you know, we're not going on these trips paid for by, you know, the various theme parks or what have you. So I love that you, you said that because it really does give a unique perspective rather than what the organization or the town or city is trying to put out there. And I think that's probably one of my favorite aspects about what you and your wife are doing with your YouTube channel because you can go online and find anything you want to about Disney. You can find a lot more than you and I will ever know from being an employee at that location. Oh, yeah. But what your content presents is a a very detailed insight as to what's happening right now. Visiting Disney World six months ago is not the same as it is visiting right now. It's not. Yeah, and you're right. you and your wife offer, via your YouTube channel, a great insight to say, hey, people, we know things aren't great 
in most parts of the country, but we're really trying hard to make it work here. And so far, it is working at Walt Disney World. And we take a great deal of pride in trying to, again, to be a little cog in that machine to bring it back to what it was six months ago. And with our podcast, you know, we don't, we're not trying to get fame or fortune from it. Our right. our budget is zero dollars. <laughs> Same as us. <laughs> uh, we sit in our bathroom closet and record uh, onto our iPhones. But it's just 20 years from now, we're going to look back on this. We're going to say, what did we do during this time? We did get to see some unique things. Her and I are going to listen to this podcast 20 years from now and remember all of those great memories that we tried to make in very uncertain times. You know, it allows us to go back through photos that we've taken with each other and things like that. Uh, and we talk at the beginning of this episode about making memories. Again, none of us are advocating to do what you don't think is best for you and your family. But for my household and I, we collectively came together and we said, this is what we want to do. Yeah, We are following all the rules. And we hope we never get time off again in circumstances like this. Exactly. And it's, you know, one thing I will say about Disney is that Disney has a worldwide reach. So they have, they're held to a huge standard. You know, we know that it's not cheap to go to Disney. It's not cheap to book a Disney uh, cruise, but people book them and people go to the parks and they'll pay the, you know, the price on the gate for the the tickets and they'll pay for the parking and all of these things and they'll pay $15 for a burger in the theme parks and, you know, the $40 for the toy that your little one just has to have because sure. it's got Mickey Mouse on it. <laughs> and But we pay these things because we know what we're getting. You know, Disney is, we know that you're getting this amazing customer service. You're getting a, an insanely clean park. And one thing we talk about on our YouTube channel when we stay at the resorts is it blows our mind that most of the cleaning, they have an enhanced cleaning process. What blows our mind is most of this was actually being done pre-COVID. Absolutely. And it's just not something that was really talked about because it's just expected. Obviously, they are doing more things now, um, but it's just, you know, you, you know what you're getting. And, you know, I'm comfortable going to Disney with my wife purely and simply because I know what I'm getting, but also when a company is held and has a reputation like Disney has and is held to that high standard, if it doesn't deliver on that, if there were to be a huge outbreak of COVID cases from people going to Disney, it would do so much damage to the company. The company simply couldn't afford for that to happen. And so for me, you know, like you say, we're not advocating. We're not saying, you know, we'd love you to come to Disney. We'd love life to get back to normal. We know that it's when it's not completely normal. There are differences now. There's no fireworks. The, they don't have the parades that they used to have. You know, they have uh, surprise and delights, which you'll see if you watch any of our videos in the theme parks, you'll see how they've transitioned and all that sort of thing. Um, but for me personally, that's why I'm comfortable going to Disney and you know why I would be comfortable going to other places like you do on your YouTube channel um, so long as I know that I'm doing my bit and I'm being responsible for myself 
and for the other for those people around me you know when you go out and you see people without wearing masks i'm a big advocate of wearing masks you know you have to at disney and you know it's so long as you're comfortable with how you're doing things in terms of taking the precautions and wearing a mask and all this sort of great stuff then you know now's a great time to go and visit all these places you know these small towns that you're talking about in your podcast you know we're talking about our memories of disney and you know all this sort of thing there's a lot of smaller organizations out there the mum and pup restaurants in some of these small towns that need you know the support of you know and patronage and what have you and that's exactly what we're trying to bring to light you know so far we've and we have a couple upcoming episodes that we're recording here in just a couple of days but so far we visited uh sanibel island florida you know trying to get people off the beaten path because obviously we need people to come to orlando right but florida offers a great vacation destination we've traveled uh by car to savannah georgia neither of us had ever been there before i hear it's beautiful oh my, it was incredible quintessential southern charm we traveled by car to huntsville alabama which is known as the rocket city uh, if you can believe that or not, it's essentially the birthplace of NASA. It's also where Space Camp is, a beautiful small town oh, wow. in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, or um, Yeah, of the Appalachian Mountains. Um, so they get a little bit of elevation there, which is great. Uh, beautiful museums. Uh, again, Space Camp is there. I actually went there when I was in fifth grade. Oh, wow. So I wanted to see uh, what that city looked like as an adult. Uh, and they have... Kind of like when you drive through Orlando, you know, you'll see the tops of the Walt Disney World hotels and things like that. Part of their skyline there is the Space and Rocket Visitor Center. They have rockets on the highway that you can see for miles away, but it's just wonderful. Oh, really? Um, and then, you know, going to local places, we're going to do a very short episode here uh, soon about Gatorland visiting here in oh, Orlando. Oh, hey, yeah, so, here in Orlando. So, yeah, we're just trying, as you just mentioned, these mom and pop places that on a media front don't get as much attention as places like Walt Disney World but they still rely on people from out of you know out of towners customers travelers to come to these locations so we're very proud that we've been able to go to some of these locations and if we get one more visitor through the door of one of these places then you know we've done our part exactly so with that being said what's your when you look back at the memories of Disney uh, in the past, and obviously now, uh, with how things are, what sort of things do you think about? A few things come to mind, and I really kind of divide it into sections of my life. So, as a child, I don't have a huge memory of, you know, what we did specifically, like from day to day, or things like that. But I just look back, I see these pictures that my, my mom, or my aunt, or my dad still has in a shoebox in their drawer, of just not only how much time has passed and how Disney has been a huge part of my life, you know, the park's looks have changed and things like that, but I see my family, all of us just have the biggest smiles on our face. It's one of those things that's handed down from generation to generation, and you don't get that with many things. Um, I don't ever remember my sisters or I like crying once. I don't remember my family fighting once when we were little. Um, but I just, <laughs> I, I've got to stop you there because I've, I've got a memory. I think it was the second or third time that we had been to Disney and we were staying at a hotel off property. So it was before it was in the eighties and my father's cousin who we're very close. So I consider him like a cousin. Uh, he, 
he he lives in Chicago, but I forget if he was living in in Texas at that time in Houston. I think I, I forget or Austin. Um, he came to visit us, and my sister, who's younger than me, was ill. So my mother and father stayed at the hotel with my sister, and he took me to Epcot for the day. So we spent the day at Epcot, and because we were staying off property, he called the hotel to speak to my father. So it mm-hmm. was, you phone up the hotel, can I speak to room 213, whatever now the case would be. Phones. Now you have cell phones. <laughs> so he's in, in the payphone calling them, and he calls to speak to my parents to say, hey, can you come and pick us up from the parks? We're ready to be picked up. And the hotel said to him, oh, they've checked out. Now, what? keep in mind, my folks had stayed in the hotel room to because my sister was unwell. I'm very young. I'm probably five, six years old, if that. And he he was a single man at this point, and I, I can't remember what it was, but I guess he must have said, oh, apparently they've checked out. <laughs> and then I went into a major meltdown. And I remember this. It was like, my parents have left me. They've been abandoned. <laughs> and it's just the worst thing. The only thing he could do to shut me up, because we were he had taken me to Epcot, the only thing he could do to shut me up was to buy me one of those stuffed figments, oh. the plushes. And I still got it somewhere at my folks' house in the United Kingdom. Oh, that's awesome. This stuffed figment. <laughs> so you just saying about having a meltdown yep. or arguing just made, made me think of that. That is so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> And yeah, I look back and it's only pleasant experiences. I do remember the very first time my mom let me go on the bus into a park by myself. It was me and my cousin. Animal Kingdom had just opened. Uh, I remember two things, three things that day. Number one, Everest was being built. It wasn't open yet. Number two, I used all my allowance money to buy a plush Mickey in a safari outfit. Oh, wow. And number three, I remember we didn't go past the gate because it was 100 degrees. So we got off the bus. Bought Mickey outside the gate, got right back on the bus. <laughs> Remember that like it was yesterday. Oh my gosh. Um, the second thing that really comes to mind is, I know I sound like a genius on this podcast and things <laughs> like that, but um, all of my real world sense, my business sense, my, I dare say, anything that I've learned about running a good business, dealing with the public, I've learned from here. On a personal level... You know, not necessarily vacation, but on a adult memory type thing. Mm-hmm. This place has given me every ounce of my personality, every ounce of my know-how in the real world of what I think treating people is, is supposed to look like, uh, being respectful to your uh, teammates, your classmates, your coworkers, your bosses, and things like that. I owe everything I know about how to be a good person from this place, Um, from all of our training, from all of the people who uh, we interact with on a daily basis uh, of how to live your life in a good way. Because I always kind of said that being a good cast member for Disney is not only just being a good worker, it's also being a good person. And I, I really think that this place has given me so many intangibles that I would not learn elsewhere. And I am just so grateful for every good thing that this place has has instilled on me. And lastly, one of the biggest memories that I just come with is, had I not gone to that interview on my college campus at Mississippi State after playing basketball, I could have just said, 
I'm tired, it doesn't matter, I'm going to go to sleep, I have an 8 a.m. class tomorrow. Had I not made that subconscious decision that Disney was cool enough to go to an information session, right? what in the hell would my life look like right now? Where would I be? What would I be doing? Where am I living? What is my job? Everything that I have as an adult, I owe to this company. Starting from my first memory here as a child until right now sitting talking with you. And there is no other company that I would rather be a part of. And I can't think of any other company that can give people the intangibles for what this place gives us. I think, you know, I think the, you know, there's a lot of people out there right now that are hurt and upset because of all the layoffs. And, you know, I think that's only natural. Of you know, we're uh, human. I, the the day I heard that I was le- being laid off, I had a nutty twenty four hours. Yeah. I was you know bouncing off the walls. My fiance and I sobbed uncontrollably. I yeah. wanted it to be me instead of her. But I, you know, as <clears throat> I look back on certainly from my perspective, as I look back on my time with Disney, and you know, Disney will always be a part of my life. It's you know with the podcast now and the YouTube channel, it's still going to be a very big part of my life. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't leave you. And you know it's it has given us like you say so much. So you know, I think people eventually will look back on it with fondness. And the the reality is, once this phase, I'm just going to call it a phase, is done with. You know, the everybody Disney will need everybody back yeah. anyway. So, and I, and I think if there is a silver lining to all of what's going on now, it's given people a perspective about you know what it is to be family, friends, and in a weird way, kind of like we just mentioned my my travel podcast. It's kind of harking back to the golden age of travel. You yeah. Know? As of right now, you can hop on a train and go cross country. You can load up the kids in a car and drive down to the beach for the day. You know, we can still travel. We can still have these amazing places like Walt Disney World that give us so many things. It's just a little bit different. Exactly. And and again, it's, you know, you do what's best for you and your family, but the sun still comes up every day. Uh, and at some point, we all will be back at work somewhere. But, you know, you and I are forever bonded because of this great place. Exactly. And, you know, I'll be... I'm forever grateful for the wonderful people, including yourself, that I've met Likewise. at Disney. So that's a, you know, just a couple of things. That's a great uh, place to wrap up. What was the name of your podcast again? You can find us at Small Towns Big Adventures. Uh, also on Instagram, we post photos of our travels uh, at Small Towns Podcast. Perfect. So be sure to check out that podcast and the Instagram. Uh, if you're not on our Facebook page, ours is facebook.com forward slash MaxTheMagicFL, as in Florida. And if you're listening to this uh, podcast on iTunes or Spotify or something like that, then be sure to subscribe. If you want to check out, it'll also be posted on our YouTube channel, along with all of our reviews. You can find us at youtube.com forward slash MaxTheMagic. Be sure to subscribe and like and uh, as you watch the videos and hit that notification bell when you subscribe because it'll let you know when we upload upload new episodes so it'll be not only review episodes but also podcast episodes if you want to check them out there um, whilst this 
pod, this episode didn't have any video. We're looking into doing video with our podcasts. So you don't uh, want to see me anyway. <laughs> I'm sure. Trust I'd, me. I'm sure I'd love to see <laughs> you. So a huge thank you for. I'm sure this won't be the last time you're on the podcast. I hope not. It was a pleasure, Nick. Like I really hope this is as successful for you as I know it's going to be. Um, it's great what you guys are doing, uh, and I wish you nothing but the best. Well, you know, I really appreciate that, and you know, lots of love to our, to your family, and uh, hopefully, Lindsay will have her on uh, podcast as well. She would love to. Okay, well, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you real soon. I remember.